is film like milk. Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's. Mm. Damn it. Leche. <laughs> Whole milk, skim milk, medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we talk about movies that have aged like milk in the mind fridge of your mind. I am one of your hosts, Paris Herbert Taylor, and with me is David William Rogers, the 12th. Uh, he's actually the 12th of his name. Welcome, sir. Yes, yes. David Rogers, the 12th of his name. First of his bald head, though, in my family line. I don't know what happened, but I'm dealing with it every day. Yes. Very well, very well. <laughs> Reflective is a power that you have that mm-hmm. other people in your family have not. Mm. I've stopped many, many people that were trying to rob gas stations because I put my head down with a nice coat of oil. It blinds mm. them and I yes. chop them. I chop them in the head and I save the day and then I get free snacks from that uh, We should store. really contact someone about that as a superpower because I think that is very useful and it's yeah. kind of one of those things that's day to day and we yeah. don't see it in movies. Reflecto, you know? man. Reflecto Man. Yeah, yeah. Something. Yeah. Well, it's a working title. Some, we'll figure it out. We'll show it. It's, up. yeah. TM, TM, by the way. Don't come <laughs> for us. Um, so, we have a great movie today. Uh, it's from 2000, but we also have an awesome guest. And actually, she worked on this film. David, what is the film before we introduce Lainey Truszynski? We are doing a film titled, which I'm still trying to figure out. What Women Want, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this was a 2000, all right, year 2000. It stars uh, Mel Gibson and Helen Hunt, and it is a very interesting premise. I don't know if you want me to kick into it real quick. You might um, as well. I think it's your synopsis turn. You might as well just roll with it. Let's okay. Go. So first off, I just want to real quick. The director was uh, Nancy Myers, and then it was mm-hmm. written by Josh Goldsmith. Kathy Yuspa and Diane Drake. So um, basically, you got this guy, Mel Gibson, Nick Marshall. He's cocky, kind of sexist. Um, he grew up around a bunch of show women, so he thinks he can act a certain way around women in his in his life. He's um, he, he's in ads, right? So. He basically gets electrocuted it, one night. While, he's an ads man. He's an ads man, yeah. So he's an ads man. He, he's trying to go for like a step up in his career, but Helen Hunt comes in. So he's got a female boss and he's like, oh, here we go. Um, a lot of the women in the office don't like him because he's super sexist. He like touches the help, um, the woman that cleans his house. Um, just very things that men shouldn't have never should be doing and still shouldn't be doing in Definitely today, you, you just can't do that stuff. So um, he he starts working with Helen Hunt, and he takes this box full of, like, pantyhose, razors, wax, and he starts using them because he wants to edge on how to relate to women so he can sell them products and get more ad revenue, um, more companies to sell ads through. And he gets electrocuted in his bathtub while wearing tights and all this other stuff, <laughs> and he wakes up the next morning, and he can hear women their internal thoughts, right? Their internal dialogue. Mm. So he's got an edge now after he freaks out a little bit, he goes to a therapist, uh, shows her that he can do it. And she's like, wow, this is an amazing talent. So he goes in, he starts taking Helen Hunt's thoughts, using them against her, kind of edges her out of his competition, but he learns a lot through along the way. So uh, it's a pretty star-studded cast. Um, it sure is. Yeah, Bette Midler? Oh my yep, God, Judy Marissa Korea, Tomei. Laura Edelstein. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's got some real Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson, oh, yeah. very young Sarah Paulson. Yeah. I was surprised to see her. I'd forgotten about her. Same. Yeah. I forgot about her in this, and she. Alan Alda. Alan uh, Alda. Yeah. yeah. This is just like, this is one of those movies, and Loretta Devine as the door lady, who I also love. Right. Like, yeah. She was really great. So many, um, so many actors in this. But yes, a very interesting premise. Um, so before we go too much further into it, let's talk to Lainey. Hello and welcome. Thank Hello. you for being on our podcast. Yeah, thanks um, for having me. Lainey is a hairstylist on movie and TV, most recently uh, Sweet Girl, Mr. Mayor, Kidding, Marriage Story, Dead with the Movie. I mean, the list goes on. If you scroll down on her IMDb, this lady has... I mean, Miracle on 34th Street, like Christmas is coming up. Like, this is crazy. Um, feels very yeah. fortuitous. So, 
Lainey, before we jump too much into the movie, tell us a little bit about your career. How did you get started and what does a hairstylist do on a movie or a TV set? Well, I got started as a lot of people do in the film business because of nepotism. My, uh, my father is in the business back in Chicago and he's always built the sets when I was a kid. He would be, you know, painter, standby painter, uh, construction. So that's how I got myself in the business. And I worked out in Chicago where I grew up for about eight years before I moved to Los Angeles and started working on film out here. Uh, but it was a great run out there because what would happen is you'd have smaller TV shows filming that I would work on, but then these big LA pictures would come to town and maybe shoot for a month or two months or whatever. So I get to meet all the cool big Hollywood hair and makeup people and work with them for a little bit and make some friends, you know, and then they'd go off. So by the time I moved out here, I had a good uh, small base of people that I already knew. So that was nice. Yeah, and What Women Want was one of the films I got to work on while I was out there. Um, I, when did this come out? 2000, so that would have been like 98 or 99 mm -hmm. that we filmed it out there. So, yeah. 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 And, okay, this is great, and we'll we'll totally talk about What Women Want because it's so awesome to have someone that actually worked on the project because, you know, I, I know we talked a little bit before we recorded, like it was one of your earlier um, jobs, but it's like you have all this insight and I'm sure when you rewatched the film, like all these stories were coming back to you of like the day to day. But for those who do not know necessarily, what does a hairstylist do on a set? And like, what's an average, I mean, there's no average day in film and TV as we know, but <laughs> what, do what does like a typical day look like for you? A typical day, if crew call starts at 7 a.m., we're usually there anywhere between, you know, five and 6.30, usually to prep and get people ready for the day. Um, yeah, and then we get everybody ready in the morning and just kind of keep track of them then the rest of the day. It depends on the shooting schedule. If there's a lot of changes during the day, we'll have to do changes on people's hair. Sometimes there's wigs involved right now. Uh, working on Mr. Mayor, I'll, you know, I don't think it's a secret, but I have so many people that are like, what? Because I'm taking care of Holly Hunter in that show, mm -hmm. and she's wearing a wig, and people are like, what? That's a wig? Um, mm -hmm. But it's meant to be. It's, you know, she's got a very quirky character on that. So... Uh, every show's different, and uh, I will say in the beginning, I probably got my job more because I was good with people. I wasn't mm. the best hairstylist, you know? You just get to, you, because that's what half this battle is, especially yeah. in the trailer in the morning. You've got to set a good tone for the actors in there, make sure they're happy, you know, and, and be flexible. It's important, I feel like, as a hairstylist to be flexible, because you're also creating a look with these characters. Mm. You know, they, they have ideas, and you have ideas, and then you collaborate, and you actually help create their characters. So I think it's quite vital sometimes what we do. Yeah, it's big. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I mean... You're, like you're right like if someone's hair is a part of the character or the personality it gives actors backstory absolutely I mean, directors have an idea of kind of what they want it to look like but then you're like well realistically maybe you have insight because like this person is older or you've done enough jobs you, i think that like they can rely on your expertise and say yeah. she wouldn't necessarily wear a hair like that or that's not how her hair would look like coming out of a lake or whatever exactly right yeah. hopefully they trust us you know and there can be conversation had there yeah, yeah. Um, Helen Mirren in her master class has like a couple different segments about her wigs and the hairstyles, and she says the same it's thing. Important. She goes and she collaborates and says, "What about this? What about this? What I'm thinking? How do you think feel about it with the hairstyles?" So yeah. Yeah, yeah, because sometimes it even involves people's face shape and their head shape when mm -hmm. you're looking at them from different angles too. You know, it's it's important. It's things that people don't necessarily think about sometimes. I feel like you notice it if it's bad, but if you notice it, if it's good, then you've done your job and then no one gives you the recognition because it's Agreed. like, it looks like it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, well, that's Thank awesome. You. So tell us about uh, working a little bit on what women want. So it was in Chicago, obviously the, the movie's based. Was this something that you knew someone who helped you get a job on the movie? Um, as I was uh, re-watching it and remembering things about it, um, Mel Gibson had come into town maybe a year or two earlier and had done the movie Payback, mm -hmm. oh, which okay. uh, is a very fun ride of a movie to watch if you mm -hmm. haven't seen it. I don't think so I have seen it. Yeah, he had done that film. Um, and then, you know, like I said, maybe two years later came back for this. I don't remember exactly how I got the job, uh, but I was there. I feel like I was. It was. It lasted longer than my memory is letting me. So I feel like they were. They were there at least a month. Because as I went through and watched the film again, 
uh, yeah, it was a lot longer than I had thought. I had more memories in my brain cell <laughs> than I'd remembered. So, um, I forgot. Was there a question? No, I was just saying how, <laughs> I, how you think you got involved. Yeah, I have a question. Yeah. Um, so there's a scene um, when Mel Gibson, I think he does all the stuff. He gets electrocuted. He's using all the stuff in the pink box. And then he gets up. He's like, oh. And he's like, his nose uh, is clear. But then he's like, oh, my hair has so much volume. So like, did you have to put something in there to change his hair from like the, the day before to... To then. You know what's funny is um, some scenes were filmed in Los Angeles, and I feel like okay. that one specifically was in L.A. A lot of the exterior and a lot of the bigger things were in um, Chicago, Chicago, and that one was definitely in L.A. But they did do something because I noticed it also right even before he said it. <laughs> so, yeah, we have little tricks and little things like that uh, that we can do. Tee-hee. Okay. Yeah, tricks of the trade. Well, let's jump into it. So this the movie is 2000. Uh, it's so like you said, it kind of shot like 1998, 1999, most likely. Um, the first thing I noticed right away was the fashion. Um, it was so much like leather coats, um, these oversized jackets. I feel like any movie that takes place in the early 2000s or late 90s, like it just dates itself right away from how people are dressed. Uh, I just thought that was really funny. Like Mel's walking around, he's like the suave guy, and he's just got this like in my opinion, by today's fashion standards, like ugly leather jacket. Like I'm not into it, the shape of it, you know? I agree. I agree. Just that long, straight, plain leather blech. With his like pants a little bit higher and everything's tucked in and you're just like, oh, and I'm sure, listen, I'm sure that fashion is going to come around. Everything's tucked in. (laughs) Right. Ew. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, That jumped out at me is the 2000s. Um, The fact that he's smoking constantly through the movie. I feel like he was a big smoker, though, too. So he's a real real life smoker. Well, he was then because, you know, if you watch the movie, when you watch it or see payback, he was very... It was coffee and cigarettes and coffee and cigarettes the whole film, and that to me was the character also. This mm-hmm. one was a little bit, when he was there, he was a little more laid back. There wasn't so much coffee going on, but he definitely was still, um, but I think that was him, and sometimes they kind of do that. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll write it into the movie so they can keep smoking, because he definitely wow. smoked. So I was just thinking, like, you just don't see people smoking. If someone lit up a cigarette in an office today, oh God, pe- people would be like, "What the fuck?" Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, excuse me. So yeah. I mean, it's for we were at a bar on Sunday, um, and somebody was smoking outside. Somebody opened a door, and I just I felt gross. Um, right? Yeah, and I've smoked, you know, I've smoked cigarettes when I was drunk, but I sure. just I don't know, I I just can't do it. <laughs> and the smoke gets me. And so. nor should we be breathing it in from somebody else. Exactly. But yeah. Also, yeah. just thinking about all the crew and the cost that must have been around him. You know, like, that's a lot of smoking. Um, the number of takes he did. I just was like, this is so aged to me. Because, like, and they never even address it. It's it's never even like, hey, can you not smoke in here? Or, like, hey, man. you're Like, in, in movies, I feel like now, if it's a part of someone's character, there's, like, some kind of comment or... Um, mm-hmm you know, some type of thing. This was just like, this was just his real life. Just every day smoking a bunch of cigarettes. And you're hard pressed uh, to find a place in the country where you can smoke indoors nowadays. Right. Unless you're in the Midwest, Mm -hmm. there's still places, Wisconsin, you know, I'm from Wisconsin. That's where David is from. I'm from Milwaukee. I grew up in Waukesha. Nice. So go pack. Very nice. (laughs) No, well, I watched the bears not last week. I don't want before, but, I'm a, more of a Cubs fan. I'll watch that. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing about the 2000s and this movie, like, really dating itself was no one had cell phones. Um, I know. There was a lot of, like, answering machines and, like, you know, and he did, I think he does pull out a cell phone at one point, but it's very old school. And it's just, like, you know, I, I mean, it's interesting because a lot of movies now, they, they set things in a time before cell phones because it makes a lot of plots easier. Like if it's like a horror movie, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really noticed it in this film that like no one was texting like, where you at, girl? Or, you know, he was, <laughs> he, he's like leaving voicemails with people or he's actually running into the girl at the coffee shop. So, yeah, he had there. his ex-wife had to call him to say that his daughter had That's an issue right. at prom, right? So like from a, she was calling from a payphone. Yeah. And nowadays that girl might have been able to text like 
hey, I'm having a hard time. Come pick me up. Or, or just order herself an Uber. Chat. Yeah, 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 all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, but yeah, so those were some things about the 2000s that really stuck out to me. And it's crazy to look at this movie because it came out, it's like 21, 22 years ago. Like to me, 2000 was like five years ago. And I always right. forget yeah, that it's been, the tens. <laughs> it's been a right? while. It's been a while. Um, but yeah, was there anything else that like about the time period that stuck out to you guys? Not so much with the time period, no. Hailing cabs. Yeah. That did make me laugh in the rain, the hailing yeah. of the cab. I yeah. was like, hmm, yeah. <laughs> well, that and, that and also the fact that I just don't, I mean, uh, like 2000 movies, like rom-coms, loved an ad agency. And like, I don't think ad agencies that like they existed in this movie ever existed in real life. You know, it's very like all those people that he had working for him and he wasn't even like the boss boss. And yeah. just like, you know, it, it, it was very like what Hollywood thinks an ad agency is. Right. Because like, I don't know either. Yeah. I have no idea how yeah. an ad agency runs. He Some of the monster ones might be that big. But yeah, I doubt that... <laughs> that they had that many people and yeah like you said they had two receptionists um they plus had plus sarah paulson was helping his her yeah. character now, it did make me laugh that when he went to go see the two receptionists that they had no thoughts yeah, yeah. delta uh burke and valerie delta burke right yeah. even I like, I like the valerie lady i had to look her up i forgot she was um miss tessmacher in the superman movies from when oh, i was wow. a kid oh, okay <laughs> She was very familiar to me, and I'm like, oh, that's who that was. They were sweet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was interesting choice for them not to have any inner monologue or thoughts. Yeah, just no, hey, yeah. what do you need? Are you yeah, okay, I just loved him yeah. for him, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they, some of the performances in this were just so funny and comedic. I mean, it is a rom-com. However, at the crux of the story is a lot of misogyny and chauvinism. So, so much. I... Mm forgot and like you said we were all rewatched it i think we all probably well laney worked on it but david i rewatched it had you you'd seen it before yeah i'd seen it before but i forgot a lot of the stuff and a lot of it was kind of cringe but i also forgot a big part of this is that they referenced why he is the way he is right i knew that he was kind of like an asshole treated women poorly but i forgot about the part where he was a little kid they spent time showing you how he grew up and why he is the way in he Las is. Vegas with the right. shadows. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rona not Brown having sh- a father and the guy having... that was the one father figure, you know, smacking women on yeah, the ass. Exactly. Like, hey, baby. Counting yeah, exactly. Yeah, some, sex- some casual sexual assault and <laughs> yeah. groping. Um, yeah. A lot, yeah, of, a lot of boobs in his face, like getting hugs from his laughing out friends. of discomfort. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. <laughs> No, and also, like, it just in the beginning, how much of an asshole they make him, too. Like, I completely forgot that they spend a good, like, 15, 20 minutes really showing you how despicable this guy is. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the way he treats his uh, house cleaner, the way he, like, yeah, he punches his, the her way in the his butt. ex. Yeah. <laughs> punches her in the butt. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I even stopped and I was like, wait, did he slap her? And you're like, no, he, like, went. No, he punched her. Punched her in the, bu- in the, the butt when she thing. bent over. I was like, what? I'm gonna punch someone yeah. in the cheek one of these days. <laughs> someone that, that goes. Someone that works for you. Like, yeah. come on, come on. Um, I like the way he tells that one woman that he walks past. Like, I wouldn't be eating that. Like, oh my god. I know, right? That one, my my. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just so much. Oh, like, it's so crazy. Even after he can, like, start hearing people's thoughts, he's in that meeting, and he completely talks over Helen Hunt. And the woman, or no, he talks over, I think, Laura Edelstein, uh, her character, and Helen Hunt allows it. It just, like, the whole, even, like, the point they were making, I'm like, oh, my God, white male privilege. Like, it just drips through this movie. and. They actually remade the uh, the film in 2019 to What Men Want, and I also watched that movie, um, and I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, I love Taraji P. Henson, um, but yeah, it just go this the chauvinism and misogyny in this movie is just like from start. It's thick to and it's heavy, and it's directed by a woman, and that's so Nancy strange Lincoln. to me. Although uh, you know, she didn't she didn't write it though. To be fair, she did she some. She didn't write it. She did okay. some. Yeah, but uh, two women were part of the story. Mm-hmm. It was three people like and two of them are women. But I felt coming out of this movie that this was a leans more towards women. Uh, this isn't a guy. Even... I don't feel like this is a guy's 
marketed towards a got like a, oh, no. a, a predominant male audience, right? It's a rom com no. that I felt leaned towards but a woman audience. Mel was the sexiest man alive back then, the time, too. So yeah, of course, yeah. which I was like, oh yeah, he was. But I had to Google that because I did not find him sexy. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, it's just, I think it's just the swagger. Because he, to me, he's not sexy either. But there's (laughs) just that, that, about him. Yeah, confidence. I don't know. I did read that the Roger Ebert um, review of this said that they were surprised that he didn't get his butt out in this movie. So I guess at the time he was famous for flashing his ass. Flashing his tushy, as they yeah. say. In the, oh, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm not supposed to swear. No, no, you, no, can, you swear. can swear. Yeah. Show. Yeah. I'm just that's what that's what they wrote on Roger Ebert. Literally, the word well, tushy, and I was did like, lethal oh, weapon. Lethal, lethal weapon, weapon was yeah. before it's these, like a moon, so his a butt moon was shot. all over those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every scene, he'd be like in his trailer after a sex yeah, scene in the butt. moon with his butt out. That's oh just what God. they did. It was the early 2000s and the late 90s. In the 90s, they showed their butts. <laughs> but I have a, no I, I have a genuine question for you guys like knowing the way it ends which is you know he does learn a lesson because obviously Hollywood can't get through a movie without teaching us all a big fat lesson mm-hmm. beat us over the head with it sure. do you do you think this movie uh, aids feminism or hinders it I'm curious to know your thoughts Lanny, you can go first <laughs> <laughs> um, well I got I, I got a little angry at the end. About about two months ago, I caught this movie on television, but it was the end. Mm. And it was where Mel's upstairs in her apartment. And that was all I had seen. And then I rewatched it again last night. And that scene makes me mad Yeah. now because I'm like, damn it, you should have left his fucking ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he was a jerk. He set her up. Uh, I, no. He undermined her. You gotta he... earn that trust back, man. You know, yeah. you just don't come here and say, I'm the victim now. He totally turned the tables. That was bullshit. No, I, no. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah David, it, what do you think? It was, uh, I definitely, it was a weird feeling ending. Um, it was awkward to me, because he was like, okay, I'll leave, and he was like knocking on the door, and he's like, okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> See, leaving <laughs> Helen Hunt and leaving, but um, I do feel like um, it came out like as a lesson because you get all these women's monologues in their heads: "You're an asshole," "You're a prick," "Misogynist," "Chauvinist," you know, "Sexist." Um, you know, I have a degree and I'm getting you coffee and all this stuff, mm. and he starts to learn from. He's like, "Oh shit!" Like, and he has a daughter, and that's his only child, and he's got to learn how to respect and treat women and this movie eventually shows you how like it it does though he he learns how to accept women treat women and like he's in that um he's in the lunchroom talking to all these women he's like hey you really got to do this and trying to give them advice like just be strong he'll call like you're worth it and he's he's helping and he's he's treating them correctly towards the end of the movie and how they should be respected and listened to you're so shaking gonna, your head, Paris. I, so yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Lainey because okay, first of all, the lesson he learns is from unconsensually getting in these women's heads. You know, like they don't know that he's listening to the. So like I do, there is a weird icky feeling at the end where it's like, yes, he learns his lesson, but he's kind of ill-gotten this information. Like the, the he hasn't learned it like through a journey, through like you know some self-reflection. He's literally had people's thoughts. Um, and there, there was some icky things, like um, when he asks out Marissa Tomei's character, she's like telling him no. And then like in her head, she's like, oh God, I just, you know, it, basically the message is like, you can turn a no into a yes. So there were like things mm-hmm. like that where I was like, mm, this is a feminist, me, me a feminist. I'm like, uh. and then like, so he sleeps with Marissa Tomei's character and then they have the best sex ever because he's like literally listening to her like thoughts and like how to do the best job ever and then at the end he doesn't call her and so his excuse is that he's gay like she kind of feeds him that excuse but like I was just like as a woman who has dated in the world I'm just like this is it just it gave me an icky feeling but this could be a totally different movie if he stayed an asshole right he he is listening to these women's um, voices in their head and he chooses eventually to to be nice about it. I, I, get, I totally get what you're saying. He's, it's like invasive and he's using yeah. their 
thoughts against I them. I think they, I think but they wanted stopped. this movie to be like a feminist, but I yeah. don't think for me it, it doesn't hit that. Yeah. That's yeah. what I think exactly because he doesn't have a choice. He was electrocuted. He hears their thoughts. Like he doesn't have a choice. Well, he but he was to electrocuted react again. Or act to whatever's happening. Oh, that little Asian yeah. lady was really funny. I really yeah. liked her. Whatever she, that led him to the next um, electrocution. She knew. Yeah, <laughs> that but that's what I'm saying. Like he could have, he could have kept being an asshole. He could have. He could. Helen Hunt gets yeah. fired. See ya. I'm I'm the creative director right. now. I don't have to go. Wanted. I don't have to go over to um, Judy Greer's house and make feelings. sure she she doesn't hurt herself. And he shows right. up. And and at that point, on her, his way over there, he loses it and he can't hear her anymore. And he still he sticks around like, hey, does, yeah. Does he right doesn't thing. promote. He doesn't promote Sarah Paulson though. He just gets her to call her boyfriend in his house, like waiting. I was waiting for the promotion. I was waiting for him to realize that, like you know, but in in what men want, uh, which is like the the flip of it with uh, Taraji, is it P Henson or P Henson? Taraji P, right? Henson. Yeah. Uh, she, she's um, she ends up like she has like the an assistant that's like the Sarah Paulson character, but it's a guy, and she ends up promoting him and like you know like it was just a little bit more satisfying. Like I think there were some loose ends in this movie from a flipping the misogyny thing that I would have been like, ah, oh, that would have been so much more satisfying, but mm, I, I hear what you're saying. That one now. I get you. Yeah. yeah. I hear what you're saying. But, um, speaking of Sarah Paulson and all these white women in this movie, uh, there wasn't a whole, wasn't a whole lot of diversity. Oh, they were the hell film. Well, you had Ooh, his housekeeper true. and Latino. you had, yeah. And yeah. Door, and she, yeah. yeah. You had that door. Loretta um, Divine. Oh, she's such a great actress sure, but yeah. but you're absolutely right it's it's the people in like much lower service type positions that are and then you have the little old asian lady but she doesn't say anything so we no. don't i'm not going to count her um so but there's sweet. no there's no people of color in like even in the amongst the men um it's a very white yeah there's one Extremely the one lady white. that worked that that he talked to in the um in the, the like, commons area uh maybe oh, but the also Nike in the lunchroom one of the one of oh, the yeah. people that worked there was in the lunchroom well room. there's one yeah exactly and that's how that's how most of these movies are uh from it's back horrible. then yeah. yeah we just saw david and i just talk about it because it's like it clearly just wasn't even a thought process you know like they weren't like who can like who's a good actor who can we get now you know with the netflix and stuff like that we've always we talk about it like they definitely have more of an eye to i mean look at mr mayor look at mr mayor i look at it all the time even when i'm watching it they've got one of everything there yeah because that's <laughs> and more i'm reflective. so grateful yes but that's more reflective of what is daily life you know and especially mm -hmm. government workers they're like in the mayor's office absolutely mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. thank you You'd think in in uh, in an advertising com like I mean Chicago is very diverse, right? Absolutely, yes. Where it's set, so just something I noticed. Always something I want to point out. Um, yeah. yeah, it was. It, and and David, I didn't even realize, but you're totally right. It's, it's people changing. in service. Yeah. 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 It usually is. Yeah. yeah. Um. But also, I mean, yes, there were a lot of women in this, in this, which is great. I'm trying to remember if they talked about, st like, so we always talk about the Beckdale test, which is like when two women have a conversation about something that's not a man. I don't know if this passes it. I, no, no conversations really st stood out to me where it wasn't about relationships. Down. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, even like all, the, all the, all the things they were thinking about, like the daughters thinking about the boy and losing her virginity. Uh, Sarah Paulson's character is like talking about her boyfriend in Israel. I guess Judy Greer's character is talking about killing herself, which is super. Well, that's depressing. that's her whole storyline. So mm -hmm. is is talking to herself though. So does that count for the Bechdel yeah. test? <laughs> no, <laughs> talking I don't to think themselves. It <laughs> it's two women characters talking to yeah. each other about something other than oh, a relationship. Goodness. So. Yeah, so no. Unless I think it was it, his two assistants, but that's barely even convert. That's not even conversation. <laughs> yeah. That's just fodder. Yeah, chatter. Yeah. I mean, I will say I'm glad they had uh, Holly Hunt in a, a position of power. I think it showed women. But you kind of, like, see from her experience that she's had to really fight against the misogyny, like, in advertising. And, yeah. you know, they, yeah. call, they call her bitch on wheels. And, like, it's so interesting, you know, the different words we use to describe, like, a hardworking woman versus, like, a hardworking man. Like, Mel Gibson is considered, like, you know... He's the Swedish bikini star or whatever he calls him. You know, like he's the star and he's this guy and she's like a hot ass. And it's just, yeah, very, very interesting to note, I think. 
Yeah, when women are raising that ladder, and especially, I think it's changed a little bit nowadays, and a lot of companies are more inclusive, and they want women in these mm-hmm. um, decision-making roles because it's been shown that they are more successful, especially when they're selling something, right? So not not just saying that they run the whole company, but they're involved. They're on the same level as men in the company because they're giving another perspective. And if you're running a company that you're cutting out half the population, if you don't have a woman a woman in that room speaking, right, and make it helping make these decisions. So I think it has well, changed. They even say it in the beginning, which made me laugh. Uh, the guy's like, you know, we had to hire this woman because women born in the mid 80s, like they're the ones with the dollars now and like they've got the spending power. And I was like, oh, that's funny because, you know, we were, David and I were born in like the late 80s or mid 80s. And um, suddenly, you know, in the 2000s, clearly like our age group became spending. It's like how people talk about Gen Z now, I'm right. sure. Mm-hmm. You know? Right, exactly. Um, and they want different things than, than we wanted and what our parents wanted and what our grandparents wanted. So they're tailoring. It's kind of gross, actually, because it is an ad agency, but they're tailoring things to uh, to what we want. Where, so they're they're spending, right. they where we're spending our money. Yeah, and then they right. yeah. focus on that. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's t- – well, it's well, we'll come back to our next topic. But women in the workplace, I mean, we sort of covered it. Um, I think one thing I will give to this movie is that it's good that it shows Helen Hunt in the workplace. It shows a very female heavy, uh, you know, leadership, but also he acknowledges, like you said, that he's maybe been overlooking the women that he works with. Judy Greer's character, Sarah Paulson's character. Um, and I do think if this movie was to continue into the future, like we, you know, we see a couple of years down the line, he's probably now, his character is more conscious of being inclusive and I would hope not, so. Yeah. yeah. Not dismissing not women or seeing them just as sex objects. Yeah. yeah. It's, and like his buddy that's in the office that's kind of gross and misogynistic. Uh, yeah. Well, and that whole scene with Marissa Tomei, because she's literally having a breakdown when he's listening to her, like, oh my God, please don't let this happen again. Like, mm-hmm. he, you know, that's, <laughs> I keep losing my thought. I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, no, I mean, he's a high powered ad executive. She works in the coffee shop in the bottom of the building. Like, there's a power imbalance there. Um, and she's portrayed as, yeah, like crazy and, um, over the top. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. But speaking of big topics, uh, Mel Gibson. We cannot not talk about this movie without talking about Mel. So obviously, 2006, <laughs> was that when he got pulled over? And had I think so, yeah. Anti-Semitic rant. Um, he's having a comeback now, which is, I, I, I mean, I do think he's talented. I have mixed feelings about him. I don't know him personally. Uh, he is Australian, although... There was a couple of years there where we were like, no, he's born in New York. He's American. We were sort of like <laughs> Australian. Denying Mel Gibson his Australianness. Yeah, just kind of being like, no, no, you can keep that one. Because usually Australians, if someone's Australian, we're like, oh, did you know? Like they're, you know, we find each other and whatever. But um, he, w- this was his heyday, right? Like you said, he was the sexiest guy. Um, you said you had a, a couple Mel stories. If you feel comfortable well, sharing one, I feel like his heyday was probably even more towards the um, Lethal Weapons. Because how many Lethal Weapon movies did they do? They there did like four, four or five. Yeah, there's four. four. And that was a lot. And those were but, fun, big action packed. And he had more of the flowy hair. Yeah, 90, badass. He was in Braveheart in '95. Yeah, that Braveheart was huge. Did- yeah, um, so I feel like this is a little bit more on the waning side. And, of course, mm. more rom-com instead of more Mad Max or mm. or, or the, the tough guy act. This is something, mm. you know, to me that was a little different than what he was normally doing, which was action, mm. whereas mm. this is rom-com. More, did he do other rom-coms before this? I'm trying. I don't think yeah. so. No, I think, well, maybe he did, but this one was definitely... Yeah, his, like, I mean, this was his second grossing movie for a while. Like, when you looked at his career, I think the first grossing movie was actually not Braveheart. I, I had it down, but it was, maybe it was, play- no, it was um, Signs was his was his biggest grossing movie. Wow. 2002, oh, really? yeah. Signs was, Signs was mm-hmm. a really good movie. Signs is a good movie. Yeah, I don't think that yeah. would have beat out Braveheart, but that's why, that's. It, well, according yeah, to this I, article. I, I'm saying just for me, thinking oh, about yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised, too, though. Yeah. So he was on a ton um, of stuff in the 2000s. The Patriot, 
That was a, Patriot, that was a big that production. That was the other one yeah. I was thinking about. That was a huge production. And then he, right. he made um, Passion of the Christ, and he, they made like $450 million or something like that oh, on yeah. that he, movie. Yeah. But that was, was that? that he wasn't in it, but he made that movie. 2014 was that? 14. No, it was before that. Earlier than that. Yeah, I think. I think it was earlier than that. But um, I mean, the interesting thing is, like, I think watching this movie now in 2021 and knowing about like what happened and like lots of things. You know, he had that like anti-Semitic rant when he was. I read an article about it. He said he was illegally filmed um, by the police officer, and the police officer like released the footage. Um, but then Winona Ryder came out saying that he had called her an oven dodger, which is pretty fucked up. Yeah, pretty fucked up. Um, Don't, you know, that's just what I've been reading in these articles. Like, I don't know if he said that, whatever. But I think there, I mean, Hacksaw Ridge 2016, he got a standing ovation at, um, I think it was Cannes or Venice. Um, He's definitely, you know, having a comeback. But I think for me now in 2021, watching this movie and knowing him, like what's come out about him in the press, it definitely changes how I would view this. He doesn't seem like just a straight rom-com guy, you know? I think he's just become a crotchety kind of old man, to tell you the (laughs) truth. Because when he was, uh, I feel like it's uh, married when he was very young, like eight or nine kids, very Catholic they were, I'm feeling some of that. So, you know... You would think somebody that has given so much in their acting career and what they've done, I don't know, just might understand and be a little nicer to people. But even just, you know, getting drunk, calling, what did he call the cop? I don't know, the lady cop. No, I'm not he, even. <laughs> he said something about, like, is, was she Jewish or something? It was very, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. sugar tits. That's what he called oh, her. Oh, I don't even remember that. Yeah, I mean, that's what he called yeah. the lady cop. No, there's, for me, it's like. There's no forgiveness, whether he's drunk or not. It's just like you're obviously well, alcohol all, brings out no, you know, you're the hate, asshole. Yeah, you're in a hateful you. person. He, you're a he hateful glo- person. He, he glossed over the fact as well, like in these articles where he was quoting, and he's like, you know, I was illegally recorded and I was having mental breakdowns. Like, dude, you were operating a vehicle under the influence of alcohol. You could have killed someone. You On know, PCH, like, right? Don't, uh, don't get- even that. You don't use that. So you don't say like, oh, hey, I am really sorry for these anti-Semitic. Uh, yeah. slurs and you know epithets that I was using against uh, multiple times not just this one instance I don't really feel mm-hmm. like that no you're just saying oh I was having a breakdown so you do feel that way yeah exactly uh, and which is I, fucked up I mean anti-semitism has been around you know for years and it's something that I think was kind of buried before one of these articles I was talking of reading that was saying like you know uh it was something that was kind of in the shadows and then like as certain people were elected to office uh, it became more like prevalent to just speak your Absolutely. hatred and Absolutely. hateful thoughts. And it's so despicable. And, you know, anti-Semitism, like I, I deplore it. You. It's awful. Um, yeah. But also, yeah, to use that excuse, like I was drunk, I was having a mental breakdown. No excuse. Not really no. good enough, no. Mel. Yeah, this Winona Ryder uh, in Forbes, it says um, anti-Semitic and homophobic. So, um, yeah. yeah, like... It, and misogynistic. Yeah, and mis- yeah. <laughs> He's just checking all the boxes tonight, isn't he? So, I mean, (laughs) it's, uh... It's a bummer because, you know, he is, in this film at least, like, his character is... I wouldn't say he's the sexiest man in the world, but it's like he does, you know, show that charm and there is, like, a a tenderness to his acting there. But, yeah, I'm curious, like, did you interact with him much on on the film, Lainey? Um, well, it's, it's really strange. I was married at one time... And when we were working on Payback, my ex-husband was there. He was in the camera department. And my ex-husband was one of those people that, um, for lack of a better term, he's like a star fucker, where he will do whatever he can to kind of get in good because he's in the camera department. And just he wants these people to be their friends. He wants famous people as friends. Took Mm. me a long time to figure that out. Uh, So much that he even invited Mel Gibson to our house for Thanksgiving dinner, or just like a dinner while he was filming Payback, and I'm just like, what, what, what? Did he come? No, he called that day and said it can't make it, and I'm like, oh, phew. I, like, I was making lasagna or something. It was <laughs> ridiculous. Um, <laughs> there, there's one funny story that I do remember, and I'm not sh- I don't remember exactly which movie it was, if it was What Women Want or, or if it was Payback, but there were probably about three or four people walking down the street with Mel up front chatting with his with somebody, maybe his assistant or something, and he always had a bodyguard at the time. And I remember hearing this woman 
coming up, running up from behind, Mel, Mel, Mel. And all of a sudden you see this woman and she jumps on his back. And I've never seen a woman fly so fast because the bodyguard grabbed her and just went and like oh threw her across God. the street. And I was like, what happened? <laughs> oh my God, that's so crazy. I mean, first of all, that's a terrible bodyguard because she actually made it to Mel and jumped on him. So Right? How good <laughs> True. Are you, are you Coming up from behind, though, but you're right. Oh, mm -hmm. my God. Um, that is so interesting. Yeah, and I'm, I'd be so curious to know, like, how the women who worked on this film felt because, you know, he is acting, but, like, the things that he's saying in real life, like, he's physically actually saying them out loud to these people. Right. Uh, so right. I, I can't imagine, but I guess when you're acting, you're acting. Yeah, uh, I, just, I remember his daughter was there, and I feel like she oh. was trying to be a makeup person. They had her... Oh. Like in the makeup department helping out, maybe somewhere around 18, 19, 20 years old, I'm remembering. Damn. Yeah. So even having I mean, your own daughter there on a film like this. Yeah. He's, he's got nine kids, so it was definitely one of them. I think he's been married. As, is it five times he's been married? No, that was Nicolas Cage. He's, yeah. I'm getting mixed up. <laughs> but he definitely, I read that he has like nine kids, which I was like, that is a lot of kids. Yeah. Guy. Yeah, that's a lot that of children, a lot. a lot of a lot of private school education to pay for, you know, but I guess he can afford it. So mm, prob probably, so. probably fine. Um, but yeah, no, as a as an actor, David, uh, that's what you're doing. Did you think his performance in this film was great? Good? Average? OK? Um, I mean, I, I would say, yeah, like average to OK. I didn't think it was like phenomenal. I think a lot of um, actors could do this especially like a-listers could do this a rom-com like this right you throw in um matthew mcconaughey you're gonna get uh he, he might make this movie even better you know what i'm saying so i think there's a I lot mean, he, of he did do a similar-ish movie rom-com he did uh, a how bunch of rom-coms how to yeah. how to lose a guy in 10 days like has a similar-ish yeah. vibe you yeah. know enough where he's like trying to make her fall in love and then trying to throw her off and yeah. So it's not, you know, he wasn't, uh, he didn't break the mold with this, being a male <laughs> lead in a rom-com. Um, but I, like uh, Lainey was saying, you know, he's got this, uh, this suave to him and it's mm. Mel Gibson's kind of thing and huh, that smile and that little chuckle he's got. So I, mm. I can see it. I mean, I don't really care about it, but. You know, That's right. <laughs> but you can see, you can recognize it. I can it, recognize but, game recognizes yeah. the game, but I don't, <laughs> don't care. I wasn't taking too many notes as what I, as what I'm getting at. Like how how I would do this role is going to be a little bit different than than old Mel did it. So, yeah. right, yeah, average, average. Okay, yeah. well there you have it. There you have it. Yeah, I mean there's. <laughs> I just didn't see the sex appeal. You know, Holly Hunt's character's like, don't fall for him. Which also, like, just to back up a little bit, like, don't... She she left her last company in this movie because she was also involved with her ex-husband at this other... Like, girl, learn. Learn, yeah. learn, learn. Right. Like, do not no. get involved with this man. And then you not guys are... Not at work. Not at work. Don't shit where you eat. <laughs> don't no. do it, baby girl. Don't do it. But also, it's so funny at the end, like you said, where she's like well, then I guess you're fired. But then she's like, wait. And it's like, uh. So how do you guys feel about that? Because she's technically his boss. Well, not yeah. anymore. She fired him. No, no. Yeah. When they had a romantic engagement relationship, uh, she was his senior. Okay. Yeah, it's not, right. it's, it's not cool. Yeah. I don't think it's cool. Um, but is it different for a woman to do it to a man? No, no. To me, no. To me, no. Right, um, I, I think she gets away with it more. Um, yeah. True. That's, that's yes. how that's how they kind of tie it up. But also, like, yeah, just don't shit we we guys. It's just so fucking simple. Just <laughs> yeah. don't do and it. And for Mel, again, I keep going back to uh, like touching his employees, his house mm -hmm. uh, keeper, basically. Like, yeah, you, you can't do that stuff. Mm -hmm consent 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 and yeah um it leads uh, last topic i wanted to kind of bring up mental health so mm -hmm. obviously we've got judy greer's character um she's always muttering well not muttering sorry thinking that no one's going to notice when she's gone um and it's super sad and then mel ends up going to her apartment and finding her and saving her but also marissa tomei's character i think lola is her name uh she's also got like some sort of hinted at like very deep insecurities and, and mm -hmm. problems and 
I was a little bit put off, putting it to you guys, I was a little bit put off that the man had to come in and save these women, you know, like a little bit white male savior complex, a little bit like, you know, just gave me a bit of a... Did he save Marissa Tomei though, Lola's character? I don't think he saved her. He just um, eased her mind a little bit that it wasn't her. She still got all the same stuff she was dealing with previously. Now, um, for Judy Judy Greer, Aaron the Foul Girl... Yeah, I think he saved her because in that, like, I could see this just happening. Bigger city, right? So Chicago and this Hollywood made up Chicago agency, ad agency. It moves fast. Everybody's trying to get ahead, right? And like Sarah Paulson's character, and she wants a promotion. She wants to be doing something else. She went to an Ivy League school. She's go, go, go. They're all like that, trying to get ahead. It's cutthroat. So you got a, you got a woman who fell, fell in the shuffle. She didn't get promoted, and now she's just doing this job. She may have moved to this big city, not had friends, family there, tried to you know, get more involved, and then people just dismissed her. And now she's having these mental health issues um, in the workplace, which I could see a lot happening back but then. But it's, it's, a, it's, it's a little dismissive how he's like, we're going to get you promoted, and like suddenly like she's not depressed anymore. Like To kill yourself is like a big you know thing but it, true right, but, it but was i feel like subtle. those are the only tools he has in his toolbox yeah. to actually help true her. and he true. was he started to acknowledge her when he started catching those hearing those things right and she lit up Being a little nice bit, like oh yeah. and then she would even say in her inner mind like well i guess somebody does notice me here and i'm just saying like there's a lot like there are companies are pushing to be more um have systems in place where if someone's feeling a certain way, they can go talk to somebody for free. True, a couple true. sessions right now. I'm saying now today. I don't know about in the 2000s exactly. Yeah. Well, question though, if he told us she could have a promotion and then he gets fired immediately by Holly Hunt, I wonder <laughs> is, the, is the promotion still in play? Like, did null and void? Yeah. What happened? Well, How does that work? He's, she's like, he's, okay, I won't kill myself, and then she goes to work the next day, and they're like, you're still a file. He's girl. banging Congrats. her and boss like, still. Damn it. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. So you could. He's probably got some leverage. Hey, yeah. by the way, that girl. Can you just? Yeah, yeah. that'd be great. Yeah. Babe, thanks. Babe. Oh my god, babe. <laughs> babe, you know. Oh my god. And then like, sorry, last thing I swear, the father-daughter situation. Like, that was so sad. He's such a like not present person oh. and then and he kind of polices her like a body and I get it she's 15 and the boyfriend's 18, but like that also gave me a little bit of an icky. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Just icky. Yeah. yeah. You can't do that. And then did he ever mention anything about um missing her birthday or you just no. he was like oh, i'll take you to the prom take you to the store get your prom dress um but yeah and then if i'm that dad there's no way my 15 year old daughter is dating an 18 year old guy no he's an adult no. no and you are a teenager yeah Not, it's actually yeah, illegal what's he doing going to the prom he's, anyway i mean loser. he could be a senior like that <laughs> turned 18 Sure. But you can't do that. And then, yeah. He... I think that's I think that's statutory. I think that's illegal. Oh, it is. Oh, it, it is illegal. It is illegal. Yeah. yeah. Eric Balfour, though, the actor, such a good actor, also in Six Feet Under, basically plays, like, the same character. Such a good, um, super creepy, like, yeah, 18-year-old creepy boyfriend in this. Um, I did enjoy <laughs> his performance. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Yeah, no way in hell my 18-year-old daughter is dating an, an eight. Fifteen year old is dating an eighteen year old, but yeah, they do definitely gloss over like how shitty of a daddy was, and now it's like, hey, babe, I'm back. I'm gonna be a good dad now because I yeah, right. I got electrocuted, and now I'm an amazing <laughs> dad. Don't worry. She jumps <laughs> on him for that too, which I thought was good that they. She didn't just say, okay, you're fine. Oh, you're, oh, you're here now. Thanks, daddy. I missed you for the right. past ten years. She calls it's, him out. She calls him out. Like, don't try me, asshole. I don't know what yep. it's you know self improvement month, but it ain't working for me. Yeah. <laughs> right the only one that was catching on yeah i love that it's um the early 2000s they loved a dress montage like when she goes to try on all the prom dresses they loved they loved a good opening up the curtains in a new dress montage yeah. that was very 2000s and yes the music choices were so Mo- alanis morris oh Morrison. my god yeah she played at the hollywood Bowl i'm last a bitch night. I'm yeah. <laughs> just every yeah. single song choice it was like so uh, it was just throwing throwing me back to my teens, you know. That was some great acting by Mel. The uh the little dress number. Or like that was funny, but I'm just saying uh, like, the sarcastically just all the reactions, just the 
no. If I shake her the head, no, or the, ooh, I like that one, and then she's like, no, I don't like it. That's why I don't watch <laughs> Why would she try it? Why would she try a dress on that she hates in the first place? You know what I mean? Yeah, she would right? never come yeah. out. It's, it's a lot of effort, too. Someone would have to zip her yeah. up. She's not coming out fully dressed. They're probably you know there for I mean? like three hours. Yeah. Well, that's why you got to do the montage. And Mel's like, can you just pick one? Cool, thanks. Yeah, uh, yeah. no, I agree. Trying to no, but I'm trying to bang my boss. Get him to head. Steal our ideas. So good. Um, but no, I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, that's the movie, guys. What women want. That's we did it. Um, I still so, don't know. I'm no, working on it. Though. I'm working on I it. I mean, I'm asking I questions. I do. I, there research. is one thing that when there's one scene in the movie, um, and I timed this scene last night because the scene only takes a minute and fifteen seconds, and it's when Mel first discovers what's going on, um, and he runs into Marshall Fields. And he kind of looks around and everything and hears the ladies talking and sees the ladies talking in sign language. Um, they had closed down Marshall Fields. No, no, no. It was Easter Sunday. I had to work on an Easter Sunday. And we worked probably 20 hours that day. Jeez. And you're in double time and golden time and all this. Nancy Meyer was a very interesting director. We would film things like 27 and 30 takes, women like digging in their bags. Like, and this was all on an Easter Sunday. And I think of all the crew and everything that they paid for that day, and it was in the movie for a minute and 15 seconds. Ah, oh, that's wow. so frustrating. So all that goes Like, I missed my it. Easter dinner with my family. I was, oh. That was the biggest memory I had of re-watching the film and then... I, tur- I rewound that scene, rewound, because I used a VHS tape. <laughs> nice. Uh, and timed it and was like, son of a bitch, all that money that they probably wasted for that, whatever they shot in there, you know. Yeah. That's Hollywood. That, I mean, that, that's crazy. The crew. There's, uh, there's scenes that you shoot that you fucking, that get cut, you know, and they, they cost them so much money. So I'm glad that there's discussion up with the unions now because a 20 hour day should just not happen. That's bullshit. No. And then driving no. home and turning around and coming back like either the next day or in like a day and a half. It's just, yeah. this is why people in the film it industry really is. and film and TV industry need to be able to live their goddamn lives. And you don't need 27 takes it like be a better director, get it in the first take. Sorry, but or, a couple. You know, yeah, you know, okay, yeah, like get Paris, a couple. You know right. how hard it was just to shoot a short. In a, no, I know, yeah. but like, you know, but also like I, well, first of all, when we shot, when David and I shoot shorts, no one's getting paid. It's for free. So I'm like, <laughs> well, feeling rehearsal, it. rehearsals. Yeah, right. I feel like rehearsals are key. If you get Storyboards. the actors to rehearse, mm-hmm. the light, the, you know, the DP can look at things, the director can think about things, the actors can go back while the lighting's happening, and then you've had that moment to process yeah. it a little bit, mm-hmm. and then you get out there, and then it's even better, and then you get your three, four, five, six, seven takes. Well, yeah, and 20, like, 20 takes. Seven, is seven takes is a lot when you yeah. think about the reset. But like, if you need seven takes, then that's fine. Like sometimes the actor's finding the footing or they try it a different way. Right. It's, but it's just pure selfishness. If you have not come to set prepared with storyboards and know exactly, yes, things can change. You've got to be yeah. on the fly. Mm-hmm. DP's like, oh, the light's not working. Sounds like, fuck, I'm having an issue. Like, I get it. But right. to have no, someone... this take, this 27 takes was a woman physically digging yeah. in her bag. That's and why. that's all of it. Yeah. There were no it's, lines. That's it's just, not, she pushing, had nothing. It's probably it was just a, a small little cut to in that. It's not pushing the story so. forward. It's not no. crucial. That's no. just, oh, that's a crazy memory to have. What? You're like, I didn't get to eat. <laughs> Lainey, what's golden hour? You said. Uh, um, golden would be well. Back in my day when we started, <laughs> she's talking uh, about overtime. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm asking. Overtime, when is that? When is golden hour? When does it kick golden, in? Golden, golden. Because it was Easter, we were. I was probably getting double time, like from the get go. Mm-hmm. Like if say Holiday I got pay. paid forty dollars an hour. That day started me at eighty dollars an hour. Damn. And if we worked twenty hours that day, okay, so eight hours is my regular pay, which would have been, you know, eighty dollars an hour. All this I'm mm-hmm. exaggerating because I don't know what I was paid then. Um, you know, so once you're in your twelve hours is double time. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> it's so ridiculous to think about it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm sure I made a crap ton for just working on an Easter Sunday being there oh my god well um any other fun stories from the movie that you can share with us madame no not that I can think of I got one yeah Mm. apparently Mel Gibson was fine wearing the pantyhose because he had two in theater school (laughs) 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 or yeah 
But don't all guys like, like, no, no, no. But here's the thing. There aren't much more pantyhose in the world anymore. But I wonder, you know, because I was, I grew up in the 70s where, you know, we got pantyhose in an egg. There was that. He had them. Did he not have the egg? Oh, yeah, he he pulls them out of something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And (laughs) I, I just wonder how many men really tried on pantyhose back in my day. I bet, you know, out of 10, at least five. 50% 50% I, of men, you think, tried on pantyhose at some point? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was using one for a COVID mask, but that's about Ooh. it. Ooh! <laughs> Were you really? Kidding. No, no. It no. your face look <laughs> yeah. so funny. Oh, my God. Um, I, when, I lived in, when I lived in cold weather, I actually loved wearing stockings, more, more stockings than pantyhose, because they would, like, suck everything in, and you just felt so warm. And uh, in L.A., ah. obviously, I don't have to wear them, but... Um, I did also read one fun fact was that they actually did wax Mel's legs in those actual takes, but that (laughs) he was walking around set taunting the women and saying like, it didn't really hurt. Like we cry babies, like blah, blah, blah. And like, uh, who knows if that's real? That's what it said on IMDb. So yeah, Yeah. that's funny though. I like that. Yeah. So one thing that we do, Lainey, um, is we always find someone from the cast or crew to give a shout out to, um, just to say, you know, we see you and we appreciate you because it does take a lot of people to make a movie. So um, I'll go first if you want to take a minute to think of someone. But I am going to call out uh, Stephanie L. Massey, who was a makeup artist, I guess, on the film. I don't know if you remember her or knew her, but she's credited as being a makeup artist. Um, Stephanie L. Massey. Uh, she was credited as a Steph- Stephanie Massey. Um, she you know, obviously was there. I don't know if she was in the Chicago part or if she was just in the LA I don't part. think she was because I know okay. two of the makeup artists that came to Chicago that were there was Brad and another lady that was with him. Her name's escaping me at the moment, but... Hmm. Well, um, Stephanie also worked on Modern Family for 143 episodes. Nice. She, she She worked on... Um, Dan the Weatherman, which was a TV movie. She worked on Life in Pieces, just for one episode. She worked on Kath and Kim, which is an Australian show, but I'm 99% sure it was, this was the remake. Um, I have to double check. Uh, they did like a remake in America, and I don't think it did too well. Yeah. Um, but Stephanie, we see you and we appreciate we see you. you. And we Oh, I love this. Um, David, who do you have? We'll let Lainey go last so she can find okay. someone. Well, I'm going to get some... I'm going to start calling cheesecake points. Lainey, thank you for working on this Aww. movie. Aww, <laughs> yeah. Trying to figure out what women want, I think sometimes it's a compliment. Um, I'm going to go with Julie M. Anderson. Uh, she's a production manager that worked on this film mm. and she has done a bunch of different episodes of Westworld. Um, no sudden mm. move unit production manager, Jason Bourne. She also worked on team America world police as a production supervisor, which uh, we no covered way. recently. Yeah. So she is doing her mm. thing. So yeah. Um, Julie M. Anderson, we see you and we appreciate you. We see you and we appreciate you. You know, after we did that um, episode, David, a guy that we worked with on Sweet Girl, the playback guy, his name is Bryce. He reached out to me and said, because I posted like, oh, we just did this episode. He was like, you know, I worked on that on that movie. And I was like, what? And yeah. I, you know, this, it's just hard. We choose these movies. And I do know a few people now that work in the biz. And I did not realize he had worked on it. So um, wait, yeah. Bryce worked on what? On a uh, team, Team America: World Police. Oh, the Mary in that movie. Yeah, yeah, oh we did. We did that a few that. weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. All it's right, just then a, that'll be my a, next listen while I'm roaming around the house tomorrow. I'll give that. There a listen. you go. It's a it's a small world. That movie was crazy. Um, but Lainey, <laughs> who do you have as your shout out? Okay, I'm gonna give my shout. Um, I'm going to give my shout out to Candy Walken. Candy Walken was a hairstylist there. Um, I believe mm-hmm. that's where I had first met her. Um, okay. And she was a wonderful lady. And I just, uh, she's retired now, but I do have this memory of her just kind of leaning in the trailer door. Our trailers were parked uh, near the lake shore in Chicago. And she's just lunchtime standing in the trailer, brushing her teeth. And I just remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, that's, I just, 
have such a fond memory for some reason of her brushing <laughs> her teeth at lunch. Oh, um, but Candy, the last time I worked with her was on Heart of Dixie. Oh, um, I love that show. She was, she was, um, she did Mike Myers for a little while. She worked on all the Austin Power movies. Oh, duh. She worked oh. on Vanilla Sky. Um, yeah, but like I said, the last place I met her was Heart of Dix Dixie. That was the last time I saw her. But she's had an amazing, amazing career. So, Candy Walken, shout out. Love you. Miss you. I hope you're doing well. We see you and we appreciate you, Candy. Thank yeah. you for everything. Thank you, um, well, okay, so we have to decide if we think this movie aged like milk. We'll all do it in a second. But, Lainey, for anyone out there who's listening who is thinking about getting into, you know, the biz, doing what you do in hair, do you have any wisdom that you can drop for those people listening? Um, I think the wisdom to drop is to be yourself, um, be your amazing magical self and just always believe in, in your abilities and what you can do. And if you don't know how to do something, then go out there and learn how to do it. Find a mentor in the world and have somebody teach you. Barbara Olvera has been my mentor in this business who's worked in films for many years and I love her and I'm just so grateful that she took me under her wing and uh, still continues to teach me all what little secrets she does know. So uh, believe in yourself, believe in your abilities. You can do this. I love that. Love you that. can do sure. this. Yeah. You can. And like Lainey said, like she wasn't the best at hair when she first started, but she was good with people. And this seems like this trailer stuff, like you, you are setting the tone for the day. So if you're a good person, you have a good attitude, it's going to be key. You'll get through the hair part. Big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, guys. Well, this is the part where we have to decide if the movie has aged like milk or not. So has it gone bad over time? Obviously, no one goes in and this, this is no reflection. Everybody that worked on this movie, you know, is a badass and pulled 20-hour days on Easter Sunday. But sometimes we go in, we make a movie, and then over time it goes bad in the fridge of our minds. So, David William Rogers, what do you think? Okay, this one was tough for me, right? Because of Melly Gibson, obviously. <laughs> and then um, how this movie started out. Um, but if I'm just basing this on the movie and what I took from it overall, I'm going to say it, and it's very like on the edge of this, slightly didn't age like milk. And that is because the main thing that drove home for me to this movie is don't treat women like this, treat them like this. And it was treat them with respect as human beings, as someone you can learn from, someone you can get great ideas from, someone that can lead, that you can work under. So, Wait a second. Are you telling me that women are human beings? Is that well, what you're trying to tell me, David? It's, yeah, you know. My God. <laughs> Against popular, we have been doing this Popular wrong. opinion, yes. It, it my is, God. They the just got I the results on this podcast. from oh the lab. Oh, my word. And it, yeah, it okay. is it. From what you thought, from years and years. Women Jeez. can do things and We're also winning. stuff. Yeah, so that is the main thing I took from this movie. And I was like, yeah, oh, red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. And then it's like, yes, there it is. That's how you treat women. That's how the women that you care about work with, you know, work under, work, have work for you. This is the way to do it. This is how you talk to them and treat them. So that's why I'm saying slightly didn't age. It's about like, to no. turn. You're like, it's on the verge of turning. Yes, it's yes. Still but good. it's that still lesson, that lesson that this movie um, conveys and says, hey, look at this. Look at this. That's how you do it. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm going with. Okay. You stand by your decisions. Yeah, might have to take know. a shower after this, but yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Lainey, what do you think? Do you think this movie aged like milk? Uh, it's gone bad over time, or do you think it is still fresh? Mm, less fresh less forgiving than David um, <laughs> and I had food poisoning last week oh, and boy. that's how I felt watching the film <laughs> yes. rom-coms I'll start with rom-coms aren't my favorite okay. Nancy Meyer is not my favorite okay um uh, watching Mel again be so misogynistic, you know, the ass punching, all of it was just not. <laughs> the ass punching. I didn't. <laughs> it 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 was it was actually hard to watch. Mm. It was hard it, because of how terrible everything we talked about was to me. Mm. Um, so yeah, sour milk. Mm, <laughs> sour fair. milk. I gotta say, I'm Team Laney on this one. So it's 2v1. I think this milk 
spoiled, but it's been kept in the fridge and people are like, oh yeah, it's still good. And then you smell it and you're like, Ooh, no, 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 no. I don't no. think, I don't no. think I'm going to, I don't want to get food poisoning. Like maybe no. I'd be okay. Maybe I'm just thinking it smells bad, but yeah, I mean, it's a combo. It's, um, I don't think they ever really address what women actually want because this movie tells you that women just want to be treated like human beings. And that should be a given. Um, you know, it's like, we want to be promoted. We essentially what women want here, David, you still haven't figured it out. I said, I would have to eat out. Let me break it down for you. Here's what women want. In my opinion, we want to be treated with the same, like we just want to be the same as men. Like feminism is not like women want to be more than men. Feminism is don't penalize me because I have a uterus and boobs and you are sexualizing me. Like that was a big takeaway from this movie. And it's like, bottom line, like that's it right there. Bottom line. Don't, that's easy. Don't come for me j just because you want sex or because you want to steal my great ideas or because I fulfill like, you know, like they hire Helen Hunt to check a box. Oh, you know how it is. got to hire a woman. Like da, da, da. We are just people the same as men. Surprise. We figured that out today. Like what women want is just to be, yeah, left alone and treated the same and... I don't know if Mel. I think so they, Mel tried. So you to get didn't in. get that at the end of this movie. Uh, I think they tried to say it. I don't know if Mel fully delivered it. Maybe kind of, but also it was just a combination for me. It was Mel. Yeah. It was them kind of trivializing it, making jokes in the beginning, um, in the even in the middle when he's in the kitchen, and they're like, "Oh, you're so great. <laughs> don't leave." <laughs> um, my yeah. favorite part of the movie is that he saved somebody from suicide. Right. Like that's yeah. literally my yep. favorite part of the film. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my favorite part is definitely the montage because David's right. The acting, where it was just clearly just him facing the camera team, on, doing like a oh, dance number with the, the dance with the coat pole, the dance. <laughs> uh, I have one quick question, Lainey. The apartment that he shot in was that in Chicago? Was that in L.A.? I think that was Los Angeles. Yeah, okay. that I don't. I think that was a set. Actually, it felt. I was gonna say it felt like a set to me because when you look out, this is such a stupid thing to notice, but when you look out of his window and there's all these buildings, it kind of looked painted. There was one yeah. angle where I was like that looks like a crease to me like you're right probably yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 well that's the episode guys that was uh, fun Lainey that if was. people want if, if people want to find you I know you're not like a big social media person I guess if they want to see your work they can watch Mr. Mayor Right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mr. Mayor, NBC. I think we're doing a Christmas episode. We're coming Ooh. up with a special one that the second season won't come out till January, February or so. Uh, but there will be a Christmas episode. Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram under uh, Sunny Flowers, S-O-N-N-Y-F-L-O-W-E-R-S. One word, Sunny Flowers. We'll put it in the show notes when we make yeah. the... Uh, Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming on. And Thanks for having me. What a pleasure. Nice to meet you, David. Yeah, nice yeah. to meet you, too. This was great. David, you should probably check your fridge. And make mm -hmm. sure that milk mm -hmm. ain't spoiled. Make sure Mel's not hiding in your fridge. <laughs> make sure Mel's anywhere. Because gross Mel is ass. gross. <laughs> He's going <gonna punch> <laughs> to punch you right in your ass cheek. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. And we'll catch you on the next yeah, one. Yeah, thank you, everybody.